What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Tell Me Something podcast. This week on the show, Holly and I are talking about everything military-related, sort of. We were all over the place talking about taking leave and taking family vacations and how our kids are military brats and some of our initial uh, motivations for joining the military and how that fits in for everybody else and how it helped us grow up. Uh, We were all over the place. But it tended to be military-related, but it was fun as hell. It was a good conversation. I think everybody is going to enjoy it as well. So stay tuned, and uh, thanks for listening. I think we're rolling now. We're rolling? Yeah. Rolling with the homies. Rolling with... What's that from? Clueless. Clueless. Get with it together. The, with the guy that never ages. Alright. So you don't get pissed off anymore. Welcome everybody to the Tell Me Something podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, along with my beautiful co-host, Holly Villanueva. Hi. What's up, babes? Well, you know. You happy? Yep. <laughs> uh, so she's I wasn't been pissed it. off. I was just telling you, you I'm haven't sure been you doing it. Off. I wasn't. I'm so not. Like the past couple episodes, past few episodes, I don't know. I haven't done my intro, and she has not liked it. And she's like, we're going to lose listeners because you ain't doing your fucking intro. I did not say that. That's how I took it. But that's not what I said. <laughs> that's how it sounded. I just said you haven't been doing your intro. It's true. I haven't been doing my intro. I haven't been doing my intro in the show, and I haven't been doing my intro after the show. Post production, ah, that's fancy, huh? It's, yeah, that does sound Ma- fancy. Makes it sound like it's professional, but I haven't been doing that. And usually, I would use that because we have a guest, and it kind of introduces them. It introduces the audience to the guests, and we haven't had a guest in in a few weeks. Yeah, cause so COVID's been bananas here in San Angelo again. Yeah, COVID's an asshole. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I hadn't been doing it. Because uh, we haven't had a guest, so there's not really anything to introduce because everybody already knows us. So but it's just the point. That's okay. how the show starts. Okay, well, it's done. holding me accountable. I will start doing it from now on. So after we do this one, I'll go back and I'll do my intro for the show. And then people will hear my intro again in the show. In the show, on the show, around the show. Yes. And I won't let it slip anymore, so I'll do it every single time. Good. When we good, have good, guests, good. and when we don't have guests. As you should. Yeah. Because that's the standard. <laughs> that's the standard. That's correct. You're you're holding me to the standard. That's good, though. Okay. So, uh, and anybody else can call me out from now on. That's what it's going to be. So, an intro to the show, and then an intro within the show for the show for the podcast yes you happy yes (laughs) i was already happy but i was just letting you know i thought you should do it no i didn't know you were going to cause a whole scene on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) it's it's good to be consistent the only thing we've been consistent with so far is having an episode every week i think since we started we have not missed a week we've been late uh on doing one but we haven't missed a show which is awesome 
And at times it's been like, oh, fuck. Like, what if we just skip a week? There, no. There have been weeks where it's been a struggle. This yeah. week is kind of a... Today was a struggle for me just because... Not because we didn't have the time, but just because we procrastinated a lot of things until tonight. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it's been a struggle the past few weeks with everything going on. And, well, especially COVID. Yeah. Because COVID... Well, first of all, it's fucking COVID, so it's something to worry about. Well, we worry about it, although we're still going to work and we're still doing all the normal stuff, but <coughs> it makes everything else that much more difficult. Like, work is bananas. We're still going to work. Well, you got quarantined this last week, two weeks ago? 12 days ago today. Yeah, you got quarantined, so... Um, but other than that, we've been going to work and it just makes everything so much more difficult and it's a pain in the ass. So the podcast is not that it's become an afterthought. It's just, you know, on the list of priorities, we have to get the other shit done because the podcast is more like, this is our thing. This is, it's, it's fun, right? It's, so it's just, it's became, uh, life is just harder when, and this is just a testament to like the single parents out there because when you take away both of us being able to do things like both of us being able to take the kids to school and both of us being able to pick the kids up and having the ability to have us flex and just, Hey, I have to stay late for work today or Hey, I have to go in early or, or whatever the case may be so that we can either or do things to, I literally can't leave the house. So you have to do everything a lot of stuff ties our hands. Yeah. Um, so when you have to take the kids to like to school in the morning and then you can't pick them up until 5.30, so you're not going <laughs> to drive all the way across town to come home for 10 minutes and then drive all the way back across town to pick them up and then all the way back across town to come home. Well, I mean, San um, Angelo's not that big, but still it's, uh, it's well, a Well, it's not that ass. big, but it's like, you leave work and you come home and that's a 20 minute drive and then yeah. you change clothes and then you drive 20 minutes back to pick the kids up and then 20 minutes home. Then you're in the car for like an hour. Yeah. Unnecessarily. You're just constantly going back and forth for, not for no reason, but yeah, it's so, a pain. So it just, you take that flexibility out and for us with the military, um, they're just, they're very stringent with the the CDC regulations. So for me, I was in contact with someone who tested positive at work. And when they tested positive, I immediately went into quarantine and I have not been able to leave my house since. So I left. Um, I think it's a mind game. So whenever I hear someone I know tested positive, I immediately think I get COVID. Um, <laughs> I think everybody's like Even that, if though. I'm not around that person... They're like, oh, I tested positive. I'm like, oh, man, you know what? I have been tired. My head's been hurting. My throat's a little itchy. And none of those things are accurate. It's probably just because I haven't drank water and I sleep like crap. But Yeah, but you become a hypochondriac. Yeah, so I just start thinking. Like, I start going down the list of symptoms. Like, is that accurate? Is that accurate? Is that accurate? Um, So when I found out my coworker tested positive, I went and got tested that day because I was, like, freaking out. Maybe I do have COVID. So I went and got tested. That test is miserable. Um, I left the house then, stayed at home, went and got tested again today to come off quarantine, which was miserable. Um, and so then we'll just see what happens. Yeah. But I got tested on Saturday because Friday night I came down got a 
crazy sore throat. It was hurting pretty bad. And I got all stuffy and my nose was runny. So it was crazy. Uh, so I was like, fuck, COVID got me. And I got tested on Saturday and it came out negative. I mean, so I was just regular sick, I guess. Yeah, I just had I a cold. Know. Yeah. But I'm over it now and I haven't got ba- gone back to work. I'm off for this week because of Thanksgiving. So that's awesome. Sort of. I took leave. Yeah. Yeah. But COVID's just been a bitch, and it's it's made everything that much more difficult. Hence, we haven't had guests in, in a few weeks. Um, I mean, we could probably uh, reach out and get some people here, but uh, just being cautious, we really haven't we haven't reached out, and we haven't kind of we haven't put anybody in that position to be like, hey, you have to come and do the podcast. And yeah. I say they have well. Yeah, before you say, like I say, they would have to come over and do the podcast or we'd have to meet up or wherever because I hate doing podcasts virtually, virtually yeah. over the phone or on Zoom. I did one and the podcast was still really good with uh, with Brian, uh, Brian Belford. I think it was episode three or four and we did it over the phone and the podcast was great. Like the conversation was great, but um you you don't have that connection like that face to face connection of of being there, and uh, so it just it felt off. Although yeah. it still came out good, it felt off, and I was still working on the audio and all that stuff, so I couldn't I didn't really work the levels right. So he was a little bit more quieter when you actually go back and play the podcast. Um, I was still figuring things out. Uh, so since then, I did one more podcast, but I never published it with somebody over the phone and that one was just it was it was complete crap like not not the person that i that i did the podcast with um or like what we talked about but just uh the production of it was was crappy um so i didn't even publish it that and uh the person i I did the podcast with had some things going on was kind of uh, didn't feel comfortable afterwards, so I never published it. But uh, now with all this COVID kind of like really, it, it seems like it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, like when it first came around. out, it was like, hey, a uh, couple weeks turned into a couple months, turning into nine months now to like people are saying maybe next summer. So now I'm more in the mindset of, well, maybe we need to go revisit uh, having guests on with uh, virtually like having a Zoom call or just a regular phone call and just doing the podcast that way um, because then it'll be that much more difficult to have guests. And there are so many people that I want to have on here and that they're like, they're ready to, to do it. Um, but I tell them like, well, well, we'll just wait till we can actually like meet up. We'll have a couple more guests before the end of the year, for sure, just based on family coming to visit. Um, But those are like precautionary measures that we took in advance that they're coming to visit to us. And we're not going to like be out gallivanting around the city. And (laughs) um, so, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get uh, my brother and his wife on here. I would like to have them on here together and separate. I think that would be, we'll just have to do a bunch of podcasts that week they're here. 
Yeah, we could do a whole bunch, uh, especially with Shane. When he turns that big 3-0. <laughs> yeah, because me and Shane are like this. We'll, we'll get, him that, uh, get him start drinking on that whiskey and he'll oh, be chitty chatting up. Maybe we'll bring back Patron. Oh no, he'll be all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll be a good time. <laughs> he's uh he's purebred Tennessean. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a good time. It'll be his first time in Texas. Yeah, it'll be his first time. I wanna say the furthest west he's ever been is like Memphis question mark, maybe. Like I don't even think he's been to Memphis. Has he ever been west of the Mississippi? No. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Uh, so we're going to have to figure out a way to welcome him to Texas. Big old Texas welcome. He's flying in, so we could cause a whole scene at the airport. <laughs> he would be so embarrassed. <laughs> That'd be great. And you know he's going to listen to it. <laughs> you know what? He'd probably be like all into it. Because <laughs> one, he's never flown on an airplane before. We're putting all his business out there. One, he's never flown on an airplane before. So he's already a little bit skeptical about that. Well, he's not skeptical about flying. He's skeptical about the process of getting through the airport. Yeah. His wife is skeptical about flying. Uh, my sister-in-law, she's freaking out a little bit about the physical aspect of flying. But it's, and I know we're just on like different, like we've been through different Life, like walks of life, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But um, it blows my mind that he's about to be 30 years old and he's never been on an airplane. Like, that just is crazy to me. Yeah, it's like that for some people. It's like that for so many people. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But It'll be an experience for sure. I know. And then in Texas. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> the in San Angelo, the Smithville of Texas. They're yeah, like smack dab in the center of Texas. Not the Smithville of Texas. Smith the Cookville of Texas. It, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Cookville of Texas. Because Smithville is fucking tiny. You guys literally have one stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like three. Okay, there's there's three. Y'all got a Walmart like five years ago. <laughs> Stop judging us. I'm not judging okay, yeah, you. I'm I, just I'm just saying that Smithville is You know, it's crazy. Um, when people say home, I don't really think Smithville anymore. I know people are going to get upset when they listen to this and hear that. But What do you think? I don't know. Not Smithville. I uh, Like when I say I'm going to Tennessee, I don't say I'm going home anymore. Hmm. Like when I, was, when I was a little baby airman and I first joined the Air Force, I would say like, oh man, I'm going home. That would be my thing. Like, I'm going home. And now I don't say that. I don't say, I don't tell people, like, I'm going home. I say, oh, I'm going to visit my family. Like, it's a visit. It's not, I'm going home. I, uh, so, I understand what you're saying. Uh, so, I don't consider El Paso home either. It's the place where I grew up. Yeah. Um, but I still say, like, hey, I'm going, I'm going back home. Just, I, and I think I say it out of habit. Yeah. Just because, yeah, I'm, I'm going back home. But... When I go back there, I don't ever feel like I don't think you I'm do, though. Home. I think you say, I'm going to El Paso. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't paid too much attention to it. Yeah. But, because when I say it, I say, like, I'm going to Tennessee. Because, you know, there are some people who will say, like, I'm going home. And you'll be like, oh, where's that? <laughs> like, am I supposed to immediately know where that is for you? Yeah. Um, But, and I used to be like that, but I don't know. 
Shane's getting more people on the bandwagon to try to convince me to move back to Tennessee since the last podcast. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah, we talked about it on the last on the last one, right? Yeah. I yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move back. Or I'll move there for the first time. You'll you'll be moving back. <laughs> You're gonna move there. I'm gonna be somewhere else. However, I'm on board with not moving back to Smithville. 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 <laughs> Smithville. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, if you're from Middle Tennessee, you pronounce Ville like vol. Like full. Like your glass is full. Like you have a mouthful of something. So you're from, you're not from Smithville, you're from Smithville. 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 <laughs> Smithville. Or Nashville or Cookville. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway. And uh, everywhere's a Ville in Tennessee. Yeah, Knoxville, Nashville, Cookville, Smithville, McMinnville, McMinnville. They're Everywhere. all over the all over the place. And then you have fucking Murfreesboro, <laughs> <laughs> but it's spelled Murfreesboro. Burrow. But it, no, it's spelled O R O. O R O. Burrow. Yeah, uh, and then what? What's it? Uh, Sparta. Sparta. <laughs> What did uh, uh, what did Jared say about Sparta? Uh, there's no telling. <laughs> he said, um, "Oh, if you if you want to kill him, so if you want to kill somebody, take him to Sparta." <laughs> That's so random. Well, why would you say that? I know, that? and this was like the first time I met him, and he told me that. That was just the random thought that I, he said. Because I think that's where we were staying at at the time. Oh yeah, with Granny, I think. Yeah, and, he's, and I was telling, I was like, "Yeah, we're we're staying over in Sparta, which is like an hour in the other direction." He's like, "Oh, Sparta, yeah, uh, you know what they say about Sparta, right?" Uh, obviously not, because I'm not from Tennessee. <laughs> I'm not from around here. He's like, "Yeah, if you want to kill him, man, take him to Sparta." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I guess back in the day, there just people went missing from there, or they found like uh, dead bodies there all the time." I was like, "What the shit?" That's funny. And I'm going yeah, I mean, out it's, with... It's not funny, but like, it's funny that that would be the first thing that he tells you. And you say it's the first time you met him. It's not the first time. I just want to reiterate okay, it's not okay. the first time yeah, you met no, him. No, it wasn't the first time I met him, but it was the first time that we actually like you went interacted to together. Like, there's You a went diff- to his wedding? Yeah. But it, who's at his wedding? Like Me? family and close friends. I'm the guy that's... We're married already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that's dating you or married. I don't know we what it was. We weren't married. We were, enga- uh, we were engaged. Okay. Maybe. So, Question mark. So I'm the guy that's with you <laughs> at, at this wedding with one of your closest friends. And so, yeah, I'm nice. And I shake the dude's hand. And I say congratulations. But I don't know him. I didn't spend any time with him. That's, pretty, not like that's I, probably accurate. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Until so. later down the road. Which was, what, a year later? Yeah. And then you just, like, you forced us to hang out. You you just left me there. You're like, well, I'm going out with my friends. Have fun with Jared. Luckily, he's a cool-ass dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I don't, like, I knew who he was as a person. Like, I had seen him physically, but I didn't know him. Yeah. I just knew that Kelly was married to him, so he couldn't be that bad. Peace out. Yeah. That, I mean, it ended up being a great time, but we that was my first time visiting Tennessee with you. So, 
we get there. In my mind, it wasn't that bad because you met him in Las Vegas where we lived at at the time and you went to his wedding. In my mind, okay, I'm giving you my perspective, which obviously was not your perspective. Woman logic. My perspective (laughs) was you went to his wedding. We went out afterwards. We hung out that whole night. We went out on the Las Vegas Strip. We did our thing. But obviously, your perspective was I was there with you and I have no idea who this dude was. Yes, that's exactly how it went. <laughs> but that was not how I saw the whole night going. Yeah, no. So. Yeah, we got there. We 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 were at their house and we re or you reintroduced us and uh and like within ten minutes you're like, Okay, I'm going out with the girls, we're gonna go have dinner. Bye. And then, it was not ten minutes. No, okay, it was a minutes. while. No, it was not a while. Because <laughs> we had to wait forever for everyone to get there. Okay. Thirty. And minutes. we took the kids with us. It was, yeah. Anyway, so you guys leave, and me and Jared are just sitting on the couch, staring at each other. Okay, not really staring at each other, but we're like, you guys are having a moment. <laughs> yeah, he's like, so uh, you want to get fucked up? <laughs> I was like, shit, yeah. <laughs> and then from then on, like we were, we were cool. He was probably like, what do I do with this yeah. dude? <laughs> yeah, it went on to be like a, a great fucking night. We we went over to uh, his buddy's house in the middle of nowhere, which out in Smithville, it's everywhere is the middle of nowhere. And uh, it, it was dark as shit, so I'm not 100%. But the house that we went to, like the outside was just, it was run down and, and whatnot. But you went inside and that place was fucking immaculate. It was... It was amazing. It just looked like a brand new house. Whose house you went to? I can't remember. I, I don't remember the dude's name. Um, but the sheriff was his cousin. I'm trying to think of like the main people that Jared hang, hung out with in high school. But like the only one I'm really thinking about is Daniel. Was that his name? I think so. Daniel Holmes. I, I don't know. Stop name dropping people on here. <laughs> just kidding. Don't go look that guy up. I don't, yeah, I don't remember his name, but we were there and we were hanging out and we were having a, a good ass time. The sheriff pulled up. I was like, oh shit, should we run? Should we run? <laughs> but uh, Like your instincts I, kicked in? Yes. Obviously <laughs> I'm over 21 and I'm, you know, I can drink, but why is the sheriff pulling up to this house? Turns out it's his cousin and he just stopped by and was like, hey, what's up guys? Uh, and we were having a great time and then. Y'all decide it was over, so you fucking call and must go. Come home. Yeah, Kelly's calling Jared. Hey, you need to get home. That's when they were trying to sell hey, us our boat. You you need to bring crews home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, all right, I guess we're going home. That's funny. Yeah. It's a. I'm actually um. I don't know. It's a catch twenty two. I'm really excited. That this is the first year, I don't know, we've been married, what, we'll be married 10 years in July. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first year that I can really remember in a long time that we've been in our house on Thanksgiving. Like, just uh-huh. us in our house on Thanksgiving. Together, all of us. Yeah, I think this is going to be the first year. Because normally we either go to Tennessee or El Paso. 
Yeah, because the last three years we went to Tennessee. And the years before and that we were in El Paso. A couple of years before that we went to El Paso. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I think the last time we did it was in Vegas. Yeah, but you were... Or was it San Antonio? Because we cooked a big... I think it was Vegas. We cooked a big... Or you cooked a big-ass meal. And it was just us. That was Christmas. Oh, it was Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because in in Vegas, you were in ALS? Question mark? No, I had already graduated. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so... um, Like, I'm really glad that we're doing Thanksgiving at home... That we're not going to somebody's house. That we're actually doing it at our own house. Um, but I'm also kind of sad that we're not we're not going to be at Shane's. Um, yeah, I love I love being out there. Like I like I really didn't think I would miss it. Um, but as as it's drawing near, it's just like I guess it just became our thing. Like on Thanksgiving, we're at Shane's house. Yeah. Um, and so. It, it's kind of off this year. Yeah, because he has a, a great house and like he lives, he has his own land and the view is fucking amazing. There's a bunch of pictures of it on my Instagram and Facebook. It's just, oh man, like that's something you want to wake up to every morning and just sip coffee. But I love it so much because when we're out there, like aside from the family, we have no responsibility. Like we just get up and enjoy the day. Yeah. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to do any kind of work we don't have to run any kind of errands nothing it's just you wake up and and just enjoy the day so you can wake up and have your cup of coffee on the big ass porch that shane has and just look out into the woods and the mountains and it's relaxing yeah it's nice but like as thanksgiving is drawing near it's uh it's kind of one of those like oh man i kind of i'm kind of missing being there Um, yeah yeah me too i I wish we could have gone but it's nice because we made the decision. We bought a house this year. And uh, since it's been a long time since we actually spent the holidays in our own home, uh, we decided this year, it's like, hey, this year we're just going to stay put. Whoever wants to come and spend the holidays with us is more than welcome, but we're not going anywhere. And for those of you that aren't in the military, it's almost expected for you the military member, so that's Holly and I, to travel to wherever everybody else is at. And it's not just for holidays. It's for everything. So everybody's constantly on our backs like, hey, why don't you visit more often? You haven't visited us in a very long time. The thing about that, and this is probably going off on a rant, but like it works both ways. Yeah. Like why don't you come visit us where we're at? Why do we always have to go and visit you? Uh, I'll frequently argue with my parents. Well, not argue, but I'll make the argument that whenever we come, like let's say that we're going to go for Christmas to Tennessee, which is not the case. We're not going to Tennessee for Christmas. So like this is a theoretical. We are going to be at our house on Christmas just theoretical but like let's say we were going to go to Tennessee if we were what we would have to do is a buy six plane tickets round trip super expensive on top of six plane tickets get a rental car that can fit at least six people that's a medium to large size USV 
SUV, USV, <laughs> there goes my dyslexia kicking in, SUV, um, which is pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we have two dogs that we have to board for the entire time we're gone. We have two cats that we have to have somebody come watch. We have some, we have to have somebody watch our house. Um, and then we have to have all the money that we're going to spend while we're gone. So you're talking for a week-long trip, four to five grand, that we're going to be out easy to be gone for five days. Um, and that's just a lot of money to spend. Yeah. The, the logistics, Every time we want to go somewhere. The logistics and, and the finances are, they're overwhelming when it comes to traveling for Especially us. when it could be two people, like two grown-ass people who have no responsibilities besides themselves. They could just hop in a plane <laughs> and fly and we can go pick them up at the airport and they can just come chill at our yeah. house. Okay, so at this point, we're narrowing, <laughs> we're narrowing it down to our parents. But just say anybody... Um, uh, but yeah, so like stating that we do have family who is coming to visit for Thanksgiving. They'll be here in a day or two. Um, so there are people who are coming to visit. Like they made the decision. We will come to your house and spend Thanksgiving with you. And it's going to be awesome. We're super excited about it. Um, and then um, my brother who we've been consistently talking about is turning the big three O on january 2nd oh yeah and he will be here he's coming here to visit to spend new year's and his birthday here so if y'all want to come to texas let's just fucking round up in texas and bring shane's 3-0 in on new year's and fucking yell jumanji and get this shit out of here <laughs> get tested um, before <laughs> yeah so i'm buying a jumanji board and we're taking 2020 out <laughs> <laughs> our youngest daughter is so scared of jumanji uh because i sh- i showed them uh, the we OG. watched the original, yeah, the OG Jumanji, and they liked that one way more. Uh, but it freaked our five-year-old out because uh, the youngest, the youngest person goes into the board. <laughs> that's what she thinks because the little kid got sucked into the game. So we were at Walmart and they have the Jumanji game, uh, the board game, and I told her, "Wait, we're gonna get this. We're gonna play Jumanji," and she started freaking out. No, hold on, let backtrack. He gets the board. He goes to YouTube. He gets the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. He starts playing <laughs> the noise. The and drums. He, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and he gets the board and he's like, Dallas. And he's like going and she, she's causing the whole scene in Walmart. <laughs> he's like, no, put it back, put it back. <laughs> I don't want to play. We're not going to play. The littlest always goes into the game. <laughs> That's what she was screaming the entire time. So I was just freaking her out. And uh-huh. I felt bad afterwards, but it, it was, it was funny at the time. She's cute. Yeah. But yeah, so... Even though we're going to be in our own home, we're still going to have like a good, a good holidays. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. For right now, we don't have any plans on anybody coming for Christmas. So we're open if y'all want to come through. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. But I mean, even, you know, even though we don't have like, and this, like, I don't want anyone to take offense to this, but even though we don't have like legit family coming through on the holidays because everybody has their own family you know we're all grown now we're not kids anymore none of us are living at home with our parents we we all have our own families mm-hmm. um we've made like really good friends with a lot of people here who who i'm sure we'll we'll see on the holidays and we'll spend time with and so it's not like we're going to be hold up in solitude on the holidays um we have really good friends who we'll spend that time with and and they have kids and i'm pretty pretty excited to 
just stay here and, and enjoy the holidays, even though they've been calling me screwed since I didn't put Christmas lights up on Halloween. Aaron, <laughs> that's you. Uh, or the Christmas tree. But the Christmas tree will go up after It'll go up next Thanksgiving. Weekend. This even weekend. If, oh, oh yeah. It'll go up uh, this weekend. Both Christmas so trees. So after Thanksgiving. I think last year we did it the day after Thanksgiving. Saturday. Saturday. Both Christmas trees. Wait, no, last year. No, we were and we have a fireplace last. this year. Okay. We do have a fireplace. Was I still haven't lit? We're taking it step by step. We got the wood in there. I put wood in there. Yeah. I'm doing baby steps. We're going to light it. I'm still skeptical on lighting it. Although uh, our buddy has told us that it should be good to light. Um, we just got to do all the things. Because we, we thought that you needed to get the, the chimney swept and whatnot. But with it being a newish house, house, yeah. So what, five years old or something like that? Uh, it should be good to go. But I don't know. Yeah, we'll I see guess what we'll happens. Find out. I don't know. I'm excited about it. Yeah. But yeah. So, if you have friends in the military, family in the military, go visit them. Make the effort. Yeah. The same effort they make. <laughs> yes. Or I would say even if you can't make the effort, because sometimes you just don't have the means that they have to make the effort. But if they do make the effort to go, and I'm just going off on a tangent right now, mm-hmm. just like so everyone knows this is a tangent. But I think everybody in the military feels that way. But and if, I know this because there's always posts about it. <laughs> but if they do make the effort to go, like if if I make the effort to go to Tennessee, okay, like I'm there, I've brought my whole family, I've boarded my dogs, I've got someone to watch my cats, I've bought six plane tickets, I've got a rental car, I'm staying in BFE with my brother, like I'm in all these places, make the effort to come to where I'm at to come see me. Like you can drive 30 minutes out of your way to come see me when I just flew for a thousand miles and drove for an hour and a half from the airport and I'm tired and my kids are getting on my nerves and I still have homework to do and I still like have four kids and like all these and I still have all these other responsibilities because the biggest thing about that and there's all these other posts about this on Facebook is vacation for parents is just taking care of your kids in a different city and that's how I feel when we go when we go it's it's not really vacation for us. It's how many people do we have to take our kids to go see while we're in this city? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the only part that sucks. Like when you're driving back and forth, we both have divorced parents. So we're mis- we're visiting multiple houses. Families, yeah. Or, yeah, multiple families whenever we go to El Paso or to Tennessee. Uh, so that part's a pain in the ass and driving all over the place. But that's why we say make the effort to to go to wherever <laughs> they're at. Uh, because the truth of the matter is like, we, we go back and visit El Paso and Tennessee quite often, at least once or twice a year. Um, this, yeah, we try once a year. Have we gone to Tennessee this year? Cause I know this year we've been to El Paso, I think twice, once, once maybe. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we did the podcast with Andy. Oh yeah. Uh, um, I don't think we went to Tennessee this year. Yeah, I don't think we've gone to Tennessee this year. Mm-mm. But still, so and when we go back, I grew up in El Paso, so it's not like 
I go back to El Paso for the sights or to for like any kind of tourist attractions or anything like that. The only reason I go back to El Paso is to see friends and family. Yeah. Like that's it. And it's the same thing going back to Smithville, Tennessee. Like we're there to see I go back friends and family. For the broken ice cream machine at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we go back to, to these places and I'm sure everybody else in the military does the same thing. It's like, hey, I go we go back to visit. Like we don't go back to enjoy the sights or the entertainment or everything that uh, whatever town or city has to offer you because you could easily go anywhere else you know how many times we could have gone to maybe the northwest or to new york or to the east coast or to some beach or fuck, like we could have gone to hawaii like we give up like sole family vacations of just us and our family to go visit yeah and a lot of the times it just becomes either a, an argument amongst ourselves, <laughs> or B, a family argument. And it's just sometimes not worth it um, to the point where we're like, I would rather just be at home than be here in this environment. And it shouldn't ever be like that, in my opinion, but it's yeah. just like that sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, and it sounds like we're just giving everybody a big old guilt trip, which we kind of are, but... Uh, <laughs> Like, seriously, part of that has to do with we want the kids to know the rest of the family, too. And being in the military, that like, if you're not stationed close to where you grew up, that's hard to do. Um, you, your kids will occasionally see family. Um, you know, in some families, they know one side more than, more than the other. It's just, and we want our kids to know... Uh, both sides of their families and it's hard with one being in El Paso and the other one being in the complete opposite direction in Tennessee um, but we make the effort and that's part of the reason why we go back and visit and like even if it's if we're not asked to yeah kind of feel obligated <laughs> but yeah. it would be so much easier if all of them came to us to I would say since being here in San Angelo um, we've had more people visit than probably anywhere else that we've been stationed. But I think because we kept on giving them the guilt, guilt trip. trip. I, I've given it to my family quite a bit. But I mean, I would say, you know, in 13 years, and I'm just throwing this out because Shane already bought the ticket, so he can't back out now. But <laughs> um, in 13 years, this is the first time that my brother will come visit me. And I'm like super pumped about it. Um, and in 13 years none of my well my sister came and visited me when Braylon was born and then when Dallas was born my oldest sister but only because my mom came and she paid for my sister my oldest sister yeah my younger sisters have never came and visited me while I've been in the military um and so that's kind of hard but at the same time it's I know everyone's at different places in their life and you just have to um like Amanda her husband's in the army so it's hard to I'm counteract sure, that. I'm sure she's feeling it now too. Yeah. So it's hard to counteract. Like how do you take an army family and an air force family and somehow meet in the middle to be like, you come visit me. No, you come visit me. And it's like, you're stationed in Louisiana. I'm stationed in Texas. Where's the middle ground? Unless we got stationed somewhere close together. That just would, it's not feasible unless we both met in Tennessee at the same time. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I, uh, Last time we were in El Paso, was it last time we were in El Paso? No, I think it's when we were there for Donna's Quince. Uh, 
I made Michael feel bad. <laughs> uh, Monica's Michael. Yeah. So I told him about that. He's like, no, you know what? We're, we're going to go visit you. We're going to go visit you. Uh, for sure, we're going to go visit you. But they still haven't come. <laughs> yeah, he kept saying that. Like, no, we're going. We're, we're planning it. And I was like, no, you're not. Because he felt bad. Because uh, that might have been the first time he's heard, he's heard the arg- argument. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. And it's not like I'm really not trying to guilt trip anybody. Like I don't want people to feel obligated to come visit because it's really not your obligation, right? Yeah. Um, or it's not someone else's obligation. So for me, like I want the kids to know all those people and we're going to make the effort. But at the same time, like we made a decision to join the military and we knew and I don't even want to say consequences because I don't think it's a consequence, but we knew what those outcomes were going to be for kids if we decided to have kids. So our kids are true military brats. Like, well, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't thinking about that when I joined the military. But no, but like when, it, when I knew when that I, decided, I was separated from the family. Yeah, like when, when we decided to have kids. So when I had Braylon, like I had Braylon, right? But when you and I decided like we want to have kids, um, at that point, that was a decision that we made. And I knew like it was going to have to be a conscious effort to do that, to make those moves, to keep them close to both sides of the family. Um, but like when when you look at our kids in the true sense of the word, like they are military brats. They've grown up in multiple cities. They've gone to multiple schools. They've, yeah. they don't really have a, a lockdown place to call home. And, and I'm hoping to, to rectify that over the next few years, but I, uh, I'm more and more coming to terms with, I kind of like the idea that they get to jump around and experience different parts of well, I mean, for now it's only been different parts of, of the States, but uh, I mean, who knows? We could end up going overseas. Um, we still got a few years left in our careers, so that could happen. But um, I like that they get to experience all that. It, it's nice to always have a place to like, hey, this is a place that I can fall back to. Yeah. Um, but I also like the idea that they can adapt to anywhere and they can do that early on in life. Yeah. So. It gives them skills that you don't get, like, when you're kind of sheltered to a place. Yeah, because growing up in El Paso, uh, and, like, this is real shit, like, the, where I grew, the area I grew up, I grew up in the Lower Valley, and so it was predominantly Mexicans, for the most part. If there was any other kind of Hispanics, the, the, everybody thought they were Mexican. Very, 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 very few white people, very, very, very few black people. Asians, even fewer, right? Uh, so it's like you're uh, sheltered. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the word it is that uh, I'm looking for. But somewhat you're, sheltered. You're like cut off from all that experience. So my eyes were open up whenever I went to college and I got to experience a, a whole bunch of different groups and people outside of like, hey, this is a predominantly Mexican area. It was just people from all over the state and some people from uh, a few different states, but mostly from around Texas. And I got to experience about all that, which was, it was somewhat a culture shock. The biggest culture shock that I got was when I joined the Air Force 
And <laughs> this is what got me and like kind of, it sticks with me. I had heard of Filipinos before, but I'd never talked to one. I have I had never like seen one in person. I'm talking about them like they're unicorns or something. But <clears throat> I, I met this dude in basic and he was Filipino, but I didn't know that. I just knew that he looked Asian, but he had a Spanish last name. <laughs> it was like Gonzalez or something like that. And so this was towards the end of basic training. I had been friends with this dude the entire time and we worked side by side and uh, I had finally worked up the nerve and I asked him, I was like, hey dude, so are you like Mexican or Puerto Rican? He's like, bro. He was from California too. He's like, bro, a Filipino? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Uh, okay, that makes sense. And uh, that's just the kind of shit you don't you miss out on when it's, you grow up just in like one single place like El Paso where it's predominantly Mexican and then other places where it's predominantly black or predominantly white or, you know. You just, yeah, you just don't have those. It really catches me off guard in in moments when I don't expect it. Like, like when Shane was buying tickets to come here and he's like, I'm going to be 30 and I've never been on an airplane. And I'm like, what? I just put my daughter on an airplane and she's 10 years old and she's flying by herself. <laughs> like like grown folks, right? And you're a grown-ass man and you've never even been on a plane. And this child is on a plane by herself. Um, and so in those moments, it catches me off guard. Like, like if I had stayed in Tennessee and never left and I was in Smithfield, like never would I have ever thought, like I should put my kid on an airplane by themselves and send them across the United States and be like, Hey, you're good to go. Um, but it's just those moments where it's like the adaptability and the resilience that these kids just grow up with from going back and forth and the way that they can just make friends. And, you know, this sounds like a cliche and like a freaking poster board of, of military kids, but, but they're it's cliches because they're true. Yeah, it's they really are true. It's just how how quick they can just adapt to their surroundings, yeah. and even even the kids. Like when we when we're talking about like oh like hey, you know, what if what if we had to move here? Like what if we got stationed here? And the kids are like oh no, like I don't want to live there, or they're like oh that wouldn't be bad, you know? Like they yeah. have their opinions on these places, or. Like, even Elena, like, she'll just go start Googling, the, like, oh, I don't like that state or whatever. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you don't, you don't even know what's there. Like, why would you have this opinion of that place when you know nothing about it? Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting, like, just the way their mind works because they've experienced so many things that grown adults have never had the chance to experience. And Yeah. Like, the kids are, have already it. had so many more experiences and what I had by the time I was 18 or whatever oh, yeah, for when, sure. I, when I, when I left home, like they've, they've seen a lot more it, in a positive way, not negative way. They've seen a lot more. They've done a lot more yeah. and you know, they're just, it's a different life. And, and, and kids when they're around the military, they have different experiences as well. They get to know the military. They start getting to know rank and kind of, like what the military's involved with, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Braylon's favorite pastime is that she was born in Las Vegas. She loves telling people that. I know. She is so proud of that. Like she has no memory 
of Las Vegas. None. We left there when she was one and a half. We no, moved. she had just turned one. Barely. Yeah. Like she turned one in February and we left in May. Yeah. So she she was one in a few months. So she has no memory, no recollection. It's of her favorite Las Vegas. thing. Though. She just knows that that's where she was born and she lived there as a baby. But she will tell everybody, I'm I'm a Nevada and I'm from Las Vegas. Like, that's where I was born and I can't wait to go back. She does school projects. Like, when they pick Excuse states me. for school projects, she always picks Nevada. Yeah. Like, she can tell you all the facts about the state. Like, the bird, the plant, the, like, the yeah. state motto. Like, she knows, she knows all, all the things. And I'm like... Why the hell do you know these things? And she's like, that's where I was born. Yeah. Like, she said, that's where I'm from. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with she's you? She's proud to do it. Yeah, but she crazy. loves it. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, and our other kids, the other three, they were all, they just all happened to be born in San Antonio. That's just the way it worked out. So Texans, uh, Braylon's an honorary Texan. Um, <laughs> That that's just the way it happens. So I don't know. Maybe that plays into it too. She's like, well, they were born in, in San Antonio. I was born in Las Vegas, so I'm special, right? I don't know, type of deal. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Shit, we could end up in Las Vegas again too, which would be crazy, uh, a second time around. But yeah, those yeah, are just uh, a lot of the experiences that they they get to have, being military brats. Yeah, I enjoy it though. Like. I think they enjoy it. I mean, I think it's a struggle for them when we first moved to new places. Um, just trying to figure out, like, their bounds, you know? Yeah. It's like, what is this new place? What's different? What's the same? Um, but I think, overall, um, they enjoy the the aspects of it. Yeah, I uh, I used to think it was kind of... You know, back then I used to like I would meet people there, and they when I first got introduced to the term military brat, it was weird to me. It's like oh, that's weird, and then you automatically assume that that person's weird. Well, that's what I did, and that's what a lot of the people around me did. Um, I didn't really understand it, and now like it, that's kind of something that I'm proud of, like that our kids are military brats because. Mostly people in the Air Force so that I met and they say they're military brats and that's part of the reason they joined the military or whatever. But some of them are weird and that's just because some people are weird. Well, weird compared to what... Normal. <laughs> what you think is normal, right? Yeah. So, um, but the the thing about military brats, like every single one of them, they're really, their experience, their culture, they have a lot... They're respectful. That's like the yeah, bottom. That's that the basis too, of that it. That too. They're respectful, but they have a lot to. They have a lot to offer. Yeah. So like, even if you think they're weird, they know a lot about so many, so many things. Yeah. Because um, and I always take it back to like me. It's like, man, when I was in high school, I grew up in Socorro in the Lower Valley in El Paso. It's, that's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. Yeah. My. I just felt like if I were to go back in time and look at myself at that point in time, I would have looked at myself like, man, you, you are dumb right now. Like, you don't even know how dumb you are, <laughs> but you are stupid and you, you need to get out and you need to like open up, right? Like you, you need to blossom right now. You're just so closed off and uh, part, I mean, I could have done something about it, but most of it's just like, that's just 
the environment that you grow up in, right? Yeah, and I mean, people, I hate the phrase, but people bloom where they're planted, and and some people, like, stay, they stay where they grew up, and they they really do blossom there, you know? They do yeah. great things, and they make great lives from their, for themselves, but that's so far and few in between. Yeah, well, that's not to say, yeah, so if that came off wrong, I apologize. But that's not to say that, like, if you're from a place and you stay there, that you just, you're dumb. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, because people get out, they travel or or whatever. They, you know, they know more. They're, they open themselves up. But uh, I'm saying, like, when I was growing up there, I didn't realize everything that was available to be available your to eyes me. were closed yeah 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 i didn't i didn't realize everything that was available 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 to me outside of my small little bubble of socorro and el paso yeah uh and that so, didn't open up until i got in the military other people they don't need the military for that they they travel or there's work experience or, or whatever anything that kind of opens up their eyes to everything else so when I was in, like, I'm kind of going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but when I was in 11th grade, um, we were mandated to take the ASVAB, which is the test that you have to take to join the military. It's, I don't know what it's like the acronym stands for. I, I don't know either. Um, I'll look it up. Yeah. I'm, I'll look. I, that's funny because they never made us take that a lot of people have to take it though so i'm surprised you guys didn't yeah uh, unless they did and i just missed it <laughs> no they made us take it even if we skipped that day we had to go back and take it it's the armed services vocational aptitude battery yeah so essentially it's just um a multiple aptitude battery that measures development abilities and helps predict future academic and occupational success in the military so it's a test that pretty much basically outlines these four categories on where you would fit Excuse me. in the best jobs in the military. Um, so it breaks you down into like these categories. So in my junior year in high school, we were all mandated to take it. And they were like, you have to take the test no matter what, mandatory you take it. If you skip class this day, you have a makeup test. If you're sick, you have a makeup test. Like you have to take this in order to go to 12th grade, mandatory. Um, at the time I had no desire to join the military. Like you, like, I'm not joining the military. This is stupid. I don't want to take this test. This is a waste of my time. They're like you have to go in here and take this test. I remember it. It was a bunch of guys in their Navy whites. Like, I don't know what that's called. Like their get up. I remember it. We had to go in there and take it. I flipped the test sideways, wrote my name, like in the bubble letters, Holly, Christmas treated all the way down and turned it in, like, maybe five minutes in there. I was like, this is stupid. Like, scan it. I'm done. Um, and they were like, are you sure, like, you can... Well, okay, let me go back. The first question on the test that I remember was a test, was a question, and it's these gears. And it's, it's like, three gears. And it says, if this gear goes this way, and it has arrows, and this gear goes this way, and it has arrows, and, like, the teeth are clicking together... And it says, okay, what way will gear C go? And you have to, like, click all those together. So, like, if this one's going this way and this one's going this way, which one will this one go? Yeah. And I was like, 
who fucking cares? Like, <laughs> not Holly, not like 16 year old Holly. She didn't care. So, um, I flipped my paper sideways, filled in the answers, and I was like, boop, out of here. Like, <laughs> this is a waste of everybody's life. Get me out of here. I'm done with it. Well, later that year, my friend Whitney and I, um, she at the time was dating this guy who had joined the Air Force. And we, like, decided we were going to go talk to this Air Force recruiter who was on the stage in our cafeteria doing their recruiter gig. We went and talked to him. And... Just say, what did you just say? We went and talked to him. No, doing the recruiter... Gig. Oh. oh what did you think I said? It sounded like, sound like you said doing the recruiter gig. It's like, <laughs> what? No, doing the recruiter gig. Um, You know, just, like, giving out pencils and just whatever recruiters do. Yeah. And we went and talked to him, and he's like, yeah, like, I really don't care if you join the Air Force or not. Here's my card. Go talk to me in my office if you want more information. And I was like, well, this guy's an asshole. Like, whatever. Um, And she's like, hey, I'm going to go talk to him. I really think I'm going to join the Air Force. And I don't know why, but I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. And I called the recruiter, and my parents were top of the list pissed like absolutely not will you join the military I mean because no one in my family has joined the military except my dad's sister's ex-husband so my ex-uncle-in-law question mark I don't even know what you would call him and he just became a raging alcoholic and I don't even know what he's doing with his life now um but he's probably listening to his podcast maybe um what's (laughs) up Uncle David um but um, so they just had a bad impression of the Air Force. Like, they just thought it made you an alcoholic. Like, they only knew what that one person had shown them of the Air Force. So they yeah. had a bad take on it. Um, so I go in and talk to this recruiter. And he's like, look, he was a tech sergeant. He's like, I could care less if you join the Air Force or not. Like, you can join. You cannot. I don't care. I don't have a quota. Sign the papers or don't. Like what you do with your life means nothing to me. So I don't care what you want. And I was like, okay, well tell me what I can do. And he like pulled up my ASVAB scores and he was like, well, you got really a high score on the ASVAB. So you can pretty much do whatever you want. And I was like, what, what do you mean? I never even took that test. He's like, no, you had to take it. (laughs) And it was mandatory at your school. So he shows me my score, shows me my job. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know about this, whatever, we go back and forth. Um, and I, I decided that I wanted to be on submarines in the Navy. Like, that was my goal. Yeah. I, like, did all this research. I was like, how awesome would it be to just be on a submarine in the Navy, right? So I go talk to the Navy, and they're like, get fucked. You can't be on a submarine because you're a woman. And then I was back in the Air Force recruiter's office. So I'm talking to him some more, and he's like, yeah. So I signed up for delayed entry, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, let's let's join the Air Force. And then my friend went and he was like, just kidding. Like, I'm not fucking doing the Air Force. (laughs) And I was just sold. Like, at that point, I was committed. I knew, like, my recruiter had me sold. Um, And I don't know if it's because he came from, I think he came from Oklahoma. Um, And he was like, dude, you have to get out of here. Like, you have to get out of Tennessee. This place is going to ruin your life. (laughs) Like, like, if you don't get out of here, you're going to be stuck here. 
And it's kind of what I was feeling, you know, like I could go to college, but I was never going to get out the whole, the same, the same circle of what we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, and I was just sold. I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in the air force. And I started telling people and they were like, yeah, right. Like you're never going to go. I had a couple, I wouldn't even say they're my friends, but, um, people I graduated with who joined the Marine reserves and they talk like mad shit, like we're in the Marines, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you're in the reserve. So you're not even real. Um, and I didn't know at the time what that meant. Um, so my bad y'all, y'all deployed the same as I did, you know, but still you were in the reserves. You didn't, we were in active duty. Um, so we went back and forth. We did the whole thing and, um, and then I left for basic training and everyone was really baffled that I actually pulled the trigger on it, that I left for basic training. Um, and then here I am. And, and even though I kind of wish I would have taken a different route, like I wish I would have went to college first. I wish I would have gotten a little bit of those life experiences before I was a 17 year old trying to figure out how to be an adult on my own with literally my parents doing everything for me with no idea how to life to be a complete adult in yeah. Las Vegas by yourself. Um, I'm, I'm really glad of where the air force took me along the journey. Yeah. The, the military in general, it's strange. Uh, they, Cause you're, it makes you grow up so fast. Yeah. It makes you grow up fast, but at the same time, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of like you're being treated like a youngster, uh, like a kid, I guess. And I say that because when you go to basic training. It's like you're growing up with an ankle bracelet on. Yeah. When <laughs> you go to basic training, you have to do what they tell you, yeah. right? And you're not allowed to go anywhere unless you get permission. When you graduate basic training and you go on to tech school, um, uh, to technical training or army it's like ait uh, i don't know what it is in the marine corps to, to to the next uh phase in your training and you learn your job you're still told what to do at all times and gradually you get uh more liberties more freedoms the longer that you're in training but you still for the most part you still have to ask permission for everything that you're doing <laughs> Yeah. So it's kind of like you're getting treated uh, like like a kid that's living in your parents' home, and but you're getting paid. And then when you get a to your bit. first when you get to your first duty station in the Air Force, I'm not sure how it is in the Army or and I think it's kind of the same way or in the Marine Corps. But when you get you to your first duty station in the Air Force, you have to live in the dorms, and the dorms is the barracks, whatever it's. It's it it is like a college dorm. Some are shittier than others. Some are magnificent. In the army, they're even worse. Marine Corps, I would imagine, they're even worse. <laughs> um, but you have to live in those unless you are married. You have to live in the dorms for a certain amount of time, or for. When I was in the dorms, it was either you got married and you moved out, or you were there until. Thirty six months. Was it thirty six months? I know most people Three were moving out when, when you were a you senior don't airman. <laughs> yeah. So I guess 36 months uh, time and service, and then you could move off base. So they're taking those steps little by little, but at the same time, uh, you're growing up because you have so much responsibility on your shoulders. 
like some of these kids, and I do say kids, they're 18 years old, but you're still a kid. You're not really grown up until you're in your late 20s <laughs> yeah. uh, or even later. But you have kids, 18, 19-year-old, uh, some of them right off the bat, they're deploying. They're going to Iraq. Or they were going to Iraq. They were going to Afghanistan. Uh, you have others like security forces. You People say it's like, oh, they're just checking IDs at the gate. But literally, like, they're the base defense. So you're they're armed up with a rifle and a sidearm. And if some shit went down, like, they have to take care of that. Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility. Or if you talk, like, one of the first podcasts that I did with uh, Lieutenant Hobson, uh, he was an ICBM troop. So he was, he dealt with intercontinental ballistic missiles, which... That's a heavy responsibility. Yes. Like whatever portion of the ICBMs that you deal with, when you're 18 years old, 19 years old, whether you're working on the missile or you're guarding the missile or you're transporting about the, missile, the missile, yes, that is a heavy responsibility to have as a 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid. As so, a 30-year-old, that's yeah, a heavy responsibility. But put that so you're do, you have a heavy responsibility when it comes to your job. But so that makes you grow up quick. But when you're back home, uh, like when you go back at the end of, the, of of your shift, the end of your day, you're going back to a fucking dorm. Yeah. Right. You're you're going back to, as, in training, you can't even leave base unless you ask for permission or you're in a certain phase of training. So it, it's just kind of crazy how the, the military, in all its madness, that there's a method to the madness and. They do it for a specific reason, yeah. And because, I, I mean, it works for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there is. So for me, when I was in training, and granted, like I, I turned eighteen in basic training. So, um, I spent my eighteenth birthday with forty other people that I didn't know. Um, no one knowing it was my birthday. It was just a miserable day. <laughs> um, and then when I got to tech training where I was learning my job, I just thought I was grown folks, right? Like I thought I could do what I wanted. I thought I had control of the situation, thought I wouldn't get caught. Um, and I did, I was like, I'm just going to go off base. I'm going to go tanning I'm gonna do my nails and I'm not gonna wear my uniform off base like I'm supposed to um and I got caught and then I got busted back down to the bear phase where I had to be in uniform all the time I couldn't drive I couldn't go off base um and that was miserable and they put you in your place real quick where they tell you like like you're not in any control here like there's somebody over (laughs) you um yes you're an adult yes you have some privileges but there's a train of command and you're going to follow it. You're going to follow the orders that you're given. Yeah. And I learned real quick that you will do what you're told. <laughs> yeah. And so it just be like that sometimes. That's, that's the military. Uh, I, and I've, I've said it before and, and I'll say it again. Like everybody should do a stint in the military. Like if you have no idea what you want to do with your life and you're going to college just because you're going to college or you're working a job back home just because you know, they're literally, you have no idea what to do and you have no other prospects. Join the military. Mm, uh, questionable. 
uh, on the Air Force side, it's probably a little bit easier. You get a little bit lucky, depending on uh, the job that you're taking and who you talk to. Um, but the same could be said for even the Army, all the other branches. You know, it just depended on your experience. But, like, doing four years in the military will set you up for later. You know, everybody's four years is different. You know, if if you joined the Army back in 02 through 05, 06, those years were fucking hectic because they were just deploying nonstop. Everybody was. It was war, yeah. Yeah, everybody's just deploying nonstop, and it was like the height of the Iraqi war, Afghanistan. It was a thing, but it was kind of like in the background that was more of more uh, conventional forces weren't really involved in that war as much as they are now. Or they were in, in the past handful of years um, or 10 years. Fuck, it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like Iraq was a big war in like oh five oh six oh seven they those were hectic fucking years in I in Iraq and everybody was just deploying so in the army they were doing year long deployments getting extended out to to a year and a half uh, I think Marine Corps they were doing six month deployments but there was it was like one to one so you deployed six months came back deployed another six months came back it was rough in Air Force um, I think. What is it? Maybe like special ops and and security forces are the only ones that de- are deploy as like entire units. Uh, you. It just depends what you're but, coded as. It's it, there's a whole method to that madness as well. But yeah. but everybody else, you kind of you you deploy in uh, in bands. Called? Yeah, you deploy in bands, so you have a deployment cycle, and the deployment cycles were crazy for Air Force as well. Uh, granted, not. Most of the Air Force personnel weren't going like sh- directly into combat, but they were in combat zones. We were in combat zones, yeah. and uh, it's like a lot of people that I worked with saw combat, which is fucking crazy. Everybody thinks like, "Oh, Air Force Intel, go back to your chair force." No, a lot of these dudes were getting shot at. They were getting blown up. They they, they shot at people. Like they were in firefights and everything. And uh, it was just fucking bananas during that time. So I say, yeah, join the military. But if you join during a time like that, you have to understand that you're joining during a time of war, which we understood that. Uh, So your time might be more difficult, but still, I think the military is a good first step, which eventually could lead to a career in the military or... It refocuses refocuses you on what you want to do after the military, but it gives you a good starting point. You're paid. You learn a trade. You get free school afterwards. I think if you have a reason why, I could get on board with that. If you have no reason why, if you're just doing it, um, like even if your reason why is to get free school, like that's it. Like I am joining for four years to get free school. Like you have a reason. Like, you have a why. But if you don't have that, like, if you're searching and you can't find any reason why you're joining the military, don't do it. I don't know. I'll argue and, with that because some a lot of people... And I'm on board with them. They don't have a reason. It's just, well, I have nothing else. And when I joined, I kind of felt that way. Like, I didn't... 
the the patriotism and like being a part of something didn't come until after I was in the Air Force. But yeah, but you had someone leading you, like you had your brother to kind of point you in the right direction to show you a way. Not really. He I, he took me to the recruiter, and but that's it. Like he. But I mean, for someone like me, like. Like, when you have no family who's ever been in the military, and you have, like, you have literally no reason why to join the military, and you just, like, one day you're like, oh, I have nothing left, I'm just gonna go to the military, those are often the people that, in my experience, you struggle a lot with in the military, because they don't have, um... Because they just don't care. I I see it the other way. But I mean, you can you you can get the good, you can have the hit or miss. I would say, I guess. So I, I see it the other way because that's kind of how I felt. Like I have nothing else to do, right? Like the, this is it for me. I'm I'm going to join the military. Like this is my last resort. And people that I've talked to, you succeed because you don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Like, because if you fail at this and you give up at this, you have nothing to go back to. No, that's true. And that that's how I felt about it. Because when I joined the Air Force, that's how it was. It's like, I have nothing else to look forward to. I have no other prospects. I have nothing. I just know that I don't want to be here. So I joined the military, which I've told my story before. At first, it was going to be the Army. And then my brother heard about Chewy heard about it he was like well let's go talk to the Air Force recruiter first and then you can do whatever you want and then the Air Force recruiter won me over because he said I was gonna be James Bond 16 years later here I am being James Bond <laughs> yeah so I I don't know it's just I think the military is a good decision for for anybody uh, if you definitely don't know what path you want to go and you're just struggling with that or you're just doing something because somebody else said that's what you should do but you don't really feel comfortable about it or there's something that just doesn't feel right do the military it'll show you it'll it gives you purpose yeah I think it'll point you in the right direction but I think you have to have a why I don't know that's my own I mean we can have differing opinions on that I think I think you have to have a reason like a baseline reason. And that reason may just be like, you need to find your why. Um, But if you're just going in and you're like, I have no reason why I'm doing this. I'm just doing it because I have nothing left. Um, In my opinion, that's not a good reason. (laughs) It worked for me. (laughs) But Uh, Yeah. I think we can wrap it up there. Okay. We've gone we've gone all over the place. Yeah. And it's kind of related to the military for the most part, which is why wouldn't it? That's what we do. Yeah. So we but we definitely jumped around all over the place. That was fun though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> See? That's how we do it. And we did the intro, but I still have to record the one at the beginning. You happy? Yes. <laughs> I was looking at hope. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. Hope's our cat, our little kitty that we saved, if you didn't listen to that podcast. 
uh, that we said a few weeks ago. Months she, ago. She, was it months? I guess. It's the beginning October. of October. Yeah. Beginning of October. Yeah. So she's still a little timid. That's all right. She's coming around. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have nothing else for you, uh, babes. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out, Cub Scout. We will see y'all next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast. All right. We'll see y'all later.